the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The brutality of Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine is not what has moved Joe Biden to do the right thing and ban Russian oil. It is the polling, of course, as a majority of Americans, an overwhelming majority of Americans, even more than voted for him, are in favor of not buying any more Russian oil and not financing any more Russian aggression. That is how we lead a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to be with you here on 98.9 The Answer. You can always participate in our discussion, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Joe Biden expected momentarily to confirm what is widely being reported around the world, that the U.S. will no longer buy or import Russian oil. We are their biggest customer. We account for more money in the pocket of Vladimir Putin of whom John McCain once famously said, of Russia, it's a gas station masquerading as a country. So this will hurt. Will it make a difference in Ukraine? Not until he's down to his last dollar, because Vladimir Putin is not accountable to his own people. He is accountable only to himself and his rich buddies. And he wants to have himself be looked upon, I think, inanely, uh, thinks he will be looked upon as someone who has put the Soviet Union back together. But we're going to stop buying Russian oil, which um, will make gas prices go higher. Because unless we can get another dictator around the world, <laughs> uh, Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela, or uh, Xi Jinping, or the Ayatollahs in Iran, to produce more oil, well, then uh, our gas prices will go higher. And typically, an American politician would uh, would not like that. But I think it's becoming pretty obvious that the Biden administration has done everything it can to make gas prices go up because, here's a novel idea, they want gas prices to go up. They want to force us not to drive. They want to restrict our freedom. Make no mistake, the reliance on Russian oil is a democratic phenomenon. James Rosen, uh, former reporter at Fox, uh, now chief White House correspondent for Newsmax, says that the U.S. reached its deepest dependency on Russian crude and petroleum products in May of 2021. Who was president in May of 2021? Ah, it would be Joe Biden. 847 thousand barrels a day almost a million barrels of it of oil a day from russia in may of 2021 under joe biden its second highest amount of imported russian oil 
was in May of 2009. Hmm. Who was president in May of 2009? Ah, as much as you've worked to purge it from your head, and as much as I have as well, the president was Barack Obama. These numbers come from James Rosen, but he is not the source of the information. The source of the information is the U.S. Energy Administration, a federal government agency, one headed by, right now, Joe Biden, and back then, Barack Obama. So, the Democrats love buying oil from foreign sources because it's more expensive, makes gas more expensive than buying it from American sources. The shipping costs involved with foreign sources, and they love shutting down pipelines that would carry oil from, oh, say, Canada, close by, closer than Russia, into the U.S. And since the governor of Michigan is a Democrat, Gretchen Whitmer, you should know that taking her cue from her uh, insane party, she has been working hard and continues to work hard to shut down another oil pipeline. No, not Keystone XL. That one's actually been shut down since the first day of Joe Biden taking the presidency. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer would like to shut down the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline that has been operable since 1953. Since 1953. She wants to shut it down. She's working hard to shut it down. Why does she want to shut it down? Well, why does Joe Biden want gas prices high in the U.S.? Because if gas prices are high, people who like to drive places, people who need to drive places, well, we will suffer from increased costs, thus making us poorer, thus making us more compliant on a government that will shockingly come to our rescue with, no doubt, a free check or free health care or free this or free that. It enslaves us to that party. With Gretchen Whitmer, she wants to shut down the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline because of environmental concerns. Ah, yes, that's the other reason Joe Biden says he wants gas prices to be higher or he was, doesn't say it, but that's what we all know, is that he's enslaved to the green lobby out there, the environmentalists, the people who think that climate change is an existential threat. They don't think crime in the inner city, guys uh, stealing your car, pistol whipping you, shooting you for no reason as you're exiting a restaurant or whatever. Now, that's not an existential threat. The climate changing is an existential threat. So Gretchen Whitmer uh, sees the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline going underneath one of the Great Lakes. And this is a situation that maybe could be possibly might cause an environmental problem. It's not causing an environmental problem now. How many barrels of oil has the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline leaked since it became operational in 1953? Uh, the same amount of oil that I consumed this morning with my breakfast. Zero. Not one drop. Not one drop of oil has leaked from the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline in over 70, well, almost 70 years of service. But she wants to shut it down, and we will feel that if she's successful right here in Ohio. They're already feeling it in Michigan and Indiana, Pennsylvania. We are all serviced by that pipeline. So, gas yesterday, I saw it on billboards at stations over $4 a gallon. We'll see it more and more because if Biden makes the announcement soon, and I know he's supposed to make it at 11, but, you know, Joe Biden's never on time, uh, gas will go higher. 
and they don't care. Because, because, there's a simple solution to this, don't you know? And the simple solution to this is that uh, you should buy an electric vehicle. Just, that's just the uh, unequivocal, irrefutable solution is for you to buy an electric vehicle. Here is our transportation. Who would know better than our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, how to deal with rising gas prices? Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities ah. can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Isn't that wonderful? Well, you can all but me out in a rural area, Alan Rogers, my producer today, your suburban areas, the inner city people. Alan, don't you feel lucky that we have a smart man like Pete Buttigieg on the case to tell us that all we have to do is throw our keys away, turn our uh, fossil fuel-powered cars into paperweights, and buy an electric vehicle. That's all we have to do. Yeah, yeah that's, boy, it just, again, unicorns and rainbows, you know, it's just, it's just magical that that is the answer. My, um, my question is, I live in a apartment complex that's privately owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to force the owners to put in these, say, the Tesla. Sure, of course. I mean, they force them, if they could have, to take a vaccine. Yeah. Shouldn't be too hard to force them to put in an electrical charging station. But this made me curious because, you know, I'm not as smart as Pete Buttigieg, and I wanted to make sure that he's uh, not lying to me. So I did a little research today on how electricity is generated. Since, you know, I'm driving to work today, heading... Uh, east toward the 23-270 intersection. And as I head down the hill to take the 23 ramp off of 270, I look in the vast expanse before me of the 23-270 intersection, and all I see everywhere are cars. I see cars. And I'm thinking, well, there's probably a few electric cars in that collection of cars, probably not very many electric cars in that collection of cars. So if all these cars have to be parked permanently... And we have to convert to electricity. My very rudimentary, elementary approach to this is, wow, that's going to take a lot more electricity than we're using right now. Where does electricity come from? So I did a little research on where electricity comes from. What is required to make electricity? And I will give you the answer to that (laughs) next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Take us with you wherever you go. iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. You can use the Answer app. Take us with you. Take, uh, oh, I hear Harris Faulkner talking. Harris, Harris, Harris. I keep Harris uh, on my uh, laptop because when Joe Biden speaks, you know, like E.F. Hutton, I'm going to listen. I want to know that he is indeed stopping the import of uh, Russian oil. Very, very important to know that he is uh, stopping the importing of Russian oil because uh, we don't want to fund Vladimir Putin's war machine. I'm in favor of this. But I'm also in favor of uh, not paying $4 a gallon for gasoline. I'm in favor of paying uh, like $2 a gallon for gasoline. Preferably less, which for a portion of the Trump administration we were. uh, But of course... Now that Joe Biden's in charge, we realize what an existential threat the climate is uh, subjected to by the ongoing reliance on fossil fuels. So we're going to convert everybody over to electric vehicles. That is what 
our uh, learned transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, said yesterday. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so that people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. So I'm picturing a day in the future, a bright future, a clean future, where uh, Buckeyes are playing at, uh, let's say, Indiana. As we take over Memorial Stadium in Indiana, every time the Buckeyes play at Indiana. And it's about 200 miles to Indianapolis and then another 40 to Bloomington. So 240, you got conservatively, what, 30,000, 40,000 Buckeye fans heading over there. Now, they don't all drive their own car. Of course, they're piled in, all dressed in their Buckeye gear. Let's say there's uh, four of them in a car. So we got 10,000 cars from Ohio going over there. But thankfully, they're electric cars, no carbon footprint. So the typical range of an electric car is about 200 miles. So we're going to get to Indy, and then we're going to charge up, where Pete says they're going to build out this big field full of charging stations everywhere. I don't know how long it takes to charge an electric vehicle. Is it like your phone? Does it take an hour? A day? Overnight? Uh, you, you know, I used to know it, it would take a long time, but I think they've got s- some uh, rapid charging. Okay. Maybe it's 15, 20 minutes. All right. But 15 I don't know if they give you a full tank. Maybe you can pull off at a Wendy's and charge. Maybe you can. I don't know. I'm sure we'll build it. Pete's on the case. I mean, he got the potholes filled at South Bend. He'll take care of that. <laughs> we'll be able to fill this bad boy up right like that. Maybe you'll be able to have in your pocket, like, you know, you got a little power thing in your pocket. You can stick that in your phone, charge your phone. Maybe they'll have those for cars. I'm assuming they're on top of that. Anyway. Let's say you got to charge up on your way to Bloomington, and then you got to watch the game, drive back another 70 miles to Bloomington. So now on your new charge, you've got 150 miles on the charge. So you got another 150. You're going to be able to get to about Springfield on your way back to Columbus. Maybe Dayton. But you're going to have to recharge on the way home. This, I would think, is a bit of a inconvenience. May delay the trip. I don't think this sounds appealing. To people, but again, maybe I don't understand it because, again, I'm not Pete Buttigieg. But I want to understand Pete Buttigieg. I want to know. I want to be as smart as Pete Buttigieg. And so I thought, well, if we're going to have electric cars and we're going to uh, fix our gas price situation, I'd like to know where electricity comes from. Where do we get electricity? Do we mine it out of the earth? Is there electricity buried in the earth? I don't think so. But I just thought I'd better check. So I Googled. How is electricity generated? And I found a very helpful uh, handout from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, which I didn't even know existed. My tax dollars go to support this. And this is what it says. An electric generator is a device that converts a form of energy into electricity. So, doggone it, we still need energy. I'm sorry, but we need energy, convert that to electricity. There are many different types of electricity generators. Most of the world's electricity Generation is from generators that are based on uh, electromagnetic currents, okay? Electromagnetic generators use a, what do you think they use? An electromagnet, okay? With me, so even I can understand this. And I hate science. But we need an electromagnet to have an electromagnetic generator. How do I get an electromagnet? Where do I find that? Do they have those on Amazon? A magnet is electromagnetic. When it is made an electromagnet by electricity. What rotten luck. We need electricity (laughs) to make an electromagnet to make 
more electricity. Okay, well, who'd have thunk it? Don't give up. <laughs> Electromagnetic generators driven by uh, kinetic turbines account for nearly all U.S. electricity generation. Okay, well, what do we need to do to? Again, we're back to our original question. What do I need to do to make electricity? If I need electromagnets and I need electricity for that, I still need electricity. It says here, most of the U.S. and world electricity generation is from electric power plants. I knew that. That use a turbine to drive electricity generators. I feel like we're going around in a circle here Yeah. on this government site. I know it's just a shock. In a turbine generator... Hold on, we're getting somewhere. A moving fluid, water, steam, combustion gases, or air pushes blades, and that makes the electricity. Steam turbines, combustion gas turbines, there's that nasty gas word again, hydroelectric turbines, so again, we need electricity, and ah, now we're getting somewhere. This is Wind! From- Wind turbines. This is from a government website. This is right? from a government website. Okay, explains it everything. Steam turbines are used to generate the majority of the world's electricity. Steam. 44% of U.S. electricity generation in 2020. Most steam turbines have a broiler. I'm smart enough to know if it's going to be bro- a broilers involved, there has to be heat involved, right? Which, in which a fuel... Sorry about it. Is burned carbon to produce hot water and steam. Most of the largest U.S. electric power plants use steam turbines. Combustion gas turbines, which are similar to jet engines, burn gaseous or liquid fuels. I'm looking here for the big chunk of energy produced by clean sources. Hydroelectric turbines use the force of moving water. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Finally, moving water. How much does that produce? 7%. 7%. Solar cells convert sunlight directly into electricity. How much does that produce? 2%. 2%. So renewable energy sources, to me, from my rudimentary math skills and my very rudimentary understanding of science right now produce 9%. And their argument is that we can get from 9% to what? 99% or 90% with wind and solar. The sun has to shine. The wind has to blow. Why are we only at 9% if this is in plentiful amounts, wind and solar is in such plentiful amounts that we can produce it? The reason is because, of course, it's not in such plentiful amounts. Some places the sun doesn't shine. Ever been to Cleveland? Some places the wind doesn't blow. Ever been to Arizona? Sun shines there. No wind, though. So this is a pie-in-the-sky, best-case scenario, scenario that does not work and will not work, and converting it is untenable.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.